0: You're going to put those in later? I am going to put them in there. Do you want me to play them for you? I don't think it's going to work. I don't remember what they are. Are we going to discuss them or what? Um, If you want.
1: I don't remember. It's
0: been so long. If they are They are 14 minutes long in total. Oof. Hi Todd. Hey Nick. Good morning. Good morning. So, what's the time over there? Oh,
1: it's early. It's five thirty-five a.m. Thursday morning.
0: Some people cannot sleep.
1: <laughs> oh, I can. <laughs> I got up nice and early today.
0: What time is it for you? Uh it's ten thirty-five. So it's on well, just half past ten
1: in the evening that seems more tolerable than yeah well
0: (laughs) (laughs) right now it feels like an hour past my bedtime like (laughs) it's been very interesting i've I've been very tired over the last few days so yeah well um this is fun so let's 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 get cracking how's how's that coffee is still warm yeah
1: it's you know just a
0: regular old kick up easy easy what do you have today I am enjoying a bone face, the juice, a uh, dry hopped beer. It's it's interesting. Uh, it's not the my favorite type of beer, but I've been uh, following your advice or guidance. Mm-hmm. So I've been buying mixed beer boxes and uh, success is mixed as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah. sometimes you get a bad apple.
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Um. Do you remember what we oh. spoke about last time? yeah I mean a little
1: bit maybe let's refresh do a quick refresh because it's been we haven't talked in quite a few
0: weeks it's been a few weeks yeah we've had school holidays and and we've been traveling and you've had events haven't you yeah moving yeah but everything's you know over the hump now nice and look at you enjoying your broadband at (laughs) home My upside-down broadband. <laughs> How long have you had it for now? Uh, 12 hours. You really are making <laughs> the most of it, aren't you?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard to record elsewhere. So, yeah. But uh, I think I was, like, customer number 20, the guy said. And uh, they're having some issues right now. So it's a little wonky, but it works. It's really, really fast. Upload like hundreds of megabits upload and like single digit download. <laughs> so things work, but it's just a little backwards right now.
0: Well, it kind of suits our podcast, right? Like we need to hear really well. You don't need to hear us. Yeah. True. So so it's it's ideal. So I'm probably uh, crystal clear on your... Yeah, you're, you're in the right business.
1: <laughs> so anyway, anyway we, were, uh, we were talking about... Um, kids and the news right
0: that's right and uh, you shared with us your thoughts and uh, I I think I was about to share my thoughts but then uh, we got carried away with other stuff (laughs) I think we got a little bit long I mean my my side of the news is a little bit boring because um, we don't we don't watch any news at home the only way my husband and I consume news is via our own personal devices like iPhones, iPads, whatever. So the kids Mm -hmm. are never really exposed to news in the traditional sense of the news. So uh, my approach has been to um, kind of prepare these like RSS feeds and then I subscribe to them myself and then my six-year-old has access to them on her iPad. Mm -hmm. So uh, she never sees any news that, or any information or any pictures, if you like, that I haven't seen before. Hmm. So, there are a bunch of news sources that I would approve of, you know, like National Geographic type stuff or Vox or, and then, it usually starts from a picture. So, what's that picture about? And, oh, you know, obviously, you, you adapt the news to that age. So, you put together a feed for her? A bunch of, no, 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 I actually put Actually, handpick a bunch of feeds. Yeah, but so like it's
1: a single stream that she can see then. Um.
0: Uh, yeah. I. Uh, the app we use is called Unread. Okay. So if you just tap on a folder or on a collection of feeds, you see them one after the other. Like it's a bunch of news. But if you tap and hold, you can go into each individual feed and just say, "Read news about climate change." Or, oh, that's cool. Or the space, or you know, stuff like that. See, like, try that out. Unread. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty awesome app. I mean, I really like. It. it has no buttons. It's an app with no buttons. Everything's gestures, and we'll put a link in the show notes. That cool. are they're going to be at keepintouch.fm/slash nine. Nine episodes. Oh my goodness, we have to celebrate at ten. <laughs> I think
1: I was getting worried that you know it was just going to fizzle out, right? And I think listeners were probably worried because we were, we were doing really good on one episode, maybe every two weeks. Like we had a pretty good uh, thing going there. And then life, right?
0: People can sympathize, I'm sure. Life gets really busy. I don't know about the United States, but here we had school holidays and... Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I made a very <laughs> last minute decision of, you know, like taking the family to Fiji yeah for uh, for like 8 days and i have i'm sorry to everyone but i apologize but i don't feel sorry actually <laughs> um <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> so, so i'm sorry but i'm not sorry yeah um anyway we have a surprise for for the listeners which is um a bunch of interviews i took of um lovely people in melbourne when i went to that conference um to dev world um i can see now a couple of months ago now so we are just going to play them now and um hopefully folks enjoy them um in order to find more information about james taylor michael sam sam and sebastian please feel visit the uh, show notes and um also follow our twitter account which is uh keep it touch fm as we will be uh Name dropping and ad mentioning all these lovely people to say thank you for their uh, input. And uh, yeah, without further ado, we'll just play them now.
2: Uh, my name is James White, uh, and on Twitter I am at uh, the colorful. That's color with a U and pool with two O's. Um, so I don't have to do very much to get my kids interested in news and current events. They're seven and nine, and they're so curious, like they're super interested in what's going on. And um, I guess I'm trying to have a policy in my wife of, of being honest to a point. Uh, like, we don't feel like we want to tell them everything right now. So, it, little story, out, one of the um, other mothers of uh, one of my kid's friends um, told us that one day her daughter came home and said, Hey, mummy, what does uh, what does f- mean? <laughs> Sorry, can I swear on it? <laughs> um, and and so oh, that's funny. What did you say? And she said, "Well, you know, we we are very honest with our children. We never want to lie to them." So I, I told her. I said, well, what what did you tell her? Well, you know, we told her about how you know intercourse works.
3: It's like, oh, my God,
2: really? Could you not have just explained that it's a swear word and it makes you feel a little better to say it? So I guess we try and, you know, we're we we we're honest. We certainly don't lie to our children. But, you know, there are things to know now and things to know later. And, you know, we don't have to do it all now. And I guess the, the one other thing we try and think about is I don't want to tell my kids how to think about the world. Um You know, I look at some other children we know, perhaps who are from, let's say, religious homes, and from a very young age, they know exactly what the world is about and how their beliefs fit into that. And my wife and I are quite liberal, and we don't want to be the sort of liberal equivalent of that. Uh, We want our children to find, you know, I want them to be kind. I want them to, um, you know, to be able to understand other people who are different to them, but I don't want to tell them that. So I guess one way I do that is... We ask a lot of questions. If they see something on the news like, say, Australia is deporting another family, you know, and, um, and they ask what's going on, I will ask them how, how they feel about that, you know, and, and try and get them to imagine and empathise and, um, you know, imagine what it would be like to be in that situation. And I guess the other way is we simply, we have to try and be the people we want our kids to be and, and show them that that's, the, you know, the way to, to live.
4: Hi, uh, my name is Taylor. I don't really use my Twitter, but if you do want to follow me, my Twitter handle is tpringles. So uh, come find me and I may reply if I remember how to use Twitter. Now, uh, I don't have any kids. I'm an only child, so I've not been around kids very often, but my partner has a huge family um, with a lot of children, so I recently have been around children a lot more than normally. So the idea of current affairs as an adult is quite scary, and I couldn't imagine how someone so young would try and understand how current affairs might affect them. Um, So personally, I probably wouldn't share everything that happens. Um, Obviously, kids talk at school or uh, wherever they are. So no matter what, they're going to find out what's happening, but you can kind of keep the the more uh, uh, bigger details uh, aside so that although they know what's happening, they may not know um, if it is about a casualty, how many casualties or uh, that sort of thing. So that's kind of where I would uh, sit if I was having a child. Um, I do think it's good to have a safe space to talk about these things. Um, If you kind of keep it all away from your child then when they do get exposed to it at school or um, after school they may not know how to deal with it so I think having a safe space where they can talk freely with their parents or with others is a good way to go so then if they do have any questions um, they can uh, see how it goes and that's my view on that
3: Oh, hi. Yeah, um, I'm Michael Baltex, Uh Twitter handle mbaltex. What's coming to me now is that I really enjoy um, comedy and I find topical comedy is quite a good vessel. So uh, there'd be podcasts that I'd listen to that are really funny, uh, some BBC stuff, which covers, you know, global news um, events and some TV shows of a similar sort of nature. And that's a good vehicle that I guess I would often... You know, I was pretty interested in it, so the kids wouldn't engage with that with me or maybe be driving somewhere and would say, hey, can we just not listen to your music for a bit? I'll put on this podcast. And then because they're funny, kids are laughing along. And then at the end of the show, actually, we probably would, yeah, we'd, we'd talk about different topics and things that had happened in the news and they'd be like, why does that matter? What's important? And I'd sort of my spin or opinion or a bit of background, you know, a child's understanding of you know, global political events, which may be complicated, but, um, yeah, yeah, there's some things that they could understand of that.
5: Okay, my name is Sam. You can find me on Twitter at BugHunterSam. Uh, also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BugHunterSam. I, I live stream coding, um, I'm a tester, and uh, uh, I'm pretty active in the in the community. Uh, I think you should try to use what works for them, what type of media they like to absorb. If they are avid readers, there's nothing wrong with purchasing a local paper, Um, maybe doing a project. Maybe we can report on a local politician or uh, a local gardening, uh, community garden. And if there's something that interests them and they like to read, maybe uh, encouraging them to collect a collage, make a collage of um, a local article Um, that is really important to them. And I think that might be a way to uh, expose um, kids to media. And I feel like that's really tangible as well. If you're cutting things out of the newspaper and collecting a report, I I think that would actually be quite fun um, to do. I want to do this now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I also like to get my media from uh, video sources. Um, My favourite media media company is Vox media um, the thing is Vox is definitely more American but if you wanted to um, get your kids exploring news around um, borders uh, and at different countries and trying to build up that empathy and if they really if they're already into consuming video content um, Vox has just finished I think doing their segment on which is called borders uh, and it explores um, international relations uh, this might be a little bit heavy for a six-year-old. Uh, but I think this content would have been would be fine for a 12, 14 year old, and I think their content is usually independent. Um, it's well researched and well done. So I would recommend um, using media outlets that are reputable. You probably don't want to be picking up the latest tabloids um, and exposing them through media through that way. Uh, but if you enjoy a particular media source, why not? Encourage your kids if that format works for them too.
6: Hi, I'm Sam Jarman. I am at Sam Jarman, J-A-R-M-A-N, everywhere. I don't have children of my own, but I can talk to you about the way I was introduced to news. So it was basically an extension of listening comprehension and reading comprehension at primary school. So we would um, be given a news story each, we had to read it, and then we had to report back to the class what we understood. Um, but Something I'd probably do with my future children, if they were to exist, um, would be to sort of pick apart each fact in the story. Like, there was something in Italy. Cool. Where's Italy? <laughs> you know what Italy is. You know what people in Italy... And, like, use it from there to build a knowledge graph for them as to, like, understanding all the parts. Um, this person's name, it sounds funny, because it's an Italian name. How do we pronounce this? Not like English. Um, so I would, I would pick apart the facts and have a, a really fun time sort of exploring it and take each new story as an opportunity. As for the actual content of the story, that's when it gets tricky and it really depends on what it is. Things like volcanoes, natural disasters, earthquakes. Um, it's, it's sort of hard to know how a child would react to that on their first hearing. They might they might be familiar with, like, you know, New Zealand schools we teach a lot about earthquakes, we do earthquake drills. Um, but if there are, like, deaths because of these natural disasters, it's kind of hard to quantify that. That's, would you explain that, you know, to those families now have to have a funeral, remember like granddad's funeral or whatever like that? Um, that's pretty sad. So, or it could be like, I don't know, that sensitivity and how much you kind of, like, I guess it's the relatability of it. Like children have a hard time understanding and internalizing information. So if how much you coach that is basically how much it sinks in, how much it sinks in is how much it affects them. So I would presume it'd be good advice to coach more as they got older, such that you develop empathy and good reactions to bad news and good reactions to good news. They feel sad when sad things happen and feel happy when happy things happen. Um, But I don't think anyone really did that for me. I sort of just got there on my own so And I turned out all right. Maybe I lack a little bit of empathy more than the average person, but yeah what kind of news are there like (laughs) political stuff so like hey we're in new zealand we have a prime minister some other countries have presidents typically they're voted in in other countries people just take power because they have the most guns or the most bad guys or the most money and how would you explain that to a child i've got no idea (laughs) But it's like you're probably just playing in terms of toys, you know, you know when you were playing, your older brother came along and knocked out and said it's mine now. That's what happens in those some some of those countries. That's that sounds horrible, but it sort of happens in the world and it's it's horrible, but yeah, once again it's out how relatable you make it base is basically how much they can absorb and how much they get. Um But yeah, I think there's an opportunity to teach geography, teach the world around them, their place in the world, what they you know, what New Zealand is, what they are know what other countries are, what languages people speak, what's the capital city of that country. And there's plenty of teaching moments. And, like you've got a lot. They like, decrease over time with children. Um, so yeah, I would just I would just have fun with the news really. Like the news itself is often wrong. <laughs> but you don't want to like push it out of your life entirely. I think it was Matt Damon in an interview once said you either watch the news and you're misinformed or you don't watch the news and you're ill informed. And so there's no, there's no good outcome there. So, yeah, I think start with the simple stuff, cricket scores, rugby scores, and then move more to like things that might involve bias. And Watch out for the comprehension on that.
7: Hey, I'm uh, Sebastian. I'm Sebastian Grail on Twitter. Um, I've got a four-year-old son. Um, we haven't really introduced him to news at all. I think he's a bit young. But in general, we... We want to be honest with him like we want to tell him the truth we're not lying to him um just so that we can establish trust between each other we don't want him to lie so we're not lying to him and I would do the same about news but um I think there's like things that kids can't really understand at a certain age so at that point without lying I would probably not tell him all the truth um because it can be very hard for children to understand these things um, but we did talk about, um, like, things in the world with him, like um, his birthday is coming up and said, "Look, there are other kids who don't have as many things you do um, as so we talked to him about how he can share that. And I think we would do a similar approach with the news, like, without telling all the hard truth, um, just slowly introduce, him, uh, introduce it to him, but definitely stay on.
0: Well, isn't it interesting how different and how valuable and meaningful all these different points of view are and it kind of goes to show what happens when a very diverse bunch of people get together to share thoughts so you know we had folks with and without kids men and women from Australia or New Zealand or Germany or whatever so it's it's super super interesting how there is no silver bullet for how to approach you know introducing kids to news or current affairs and there's obviously no good or bad way as long as, you know, it's thoughtful. As long right. as you, you, you do it consciously rather than <laughs> use a TV remote, go and consume some news. And I think it's probably easier, right? It's easier ahead of time to figure
1: out how you want to introduce that instead of trying to, to come back later and either contain it or or change the habits.
7: Yeah,
0: well... I hope people enjoyed our first round of interviews or our wee surprise. And apologies for the echo uh, in my recordings. We were on the hallways of RMIT in Melbourne. I uh, kind of improvised (laughs) with a handheld (laughs) microphone. Um, The good news is it, it can only get better from from that level of quality. Hopefully, they were they were good. Don't worry about it. Speaking of recordings. Mm. Should we pivot a little bit? Uh, absolutely. I mean, talk we are about... already agile. Yeah, you know, like I last know. episode we said we were not. Like, look at us talk about kids first. Exactly. Flipping things around.
1: That's great. Um, man, some recent tech news, huh?
0: I we don't know what the... you're talking about. There was a Pixel event, a Google event, Tuesday. I think, I think Apple has blocked all Pixel announcements from my <laughs> iPhone. Well, that's not good. I mean, I don't know.
1: It was very lackluster. Yeah, I watched it. It was okay. It was It was like, there were a million leaks ahead of time, so nothing was a surprise, but it was definitely my uh, least, um, I don't know, least exciting event that I've watched in a very long time. I, uh, I was hoping for, you know, a, one more thing. Microsoft did that, right? Because there was a Microsoft event and they did they uh-huh. did the whole famous Steve Jobs one more thing because Apple hasn't been doing that for a very long time. And uh, and Microsoft did a really good job of one more thing. So I was hoping that Google was going to do, hey, one more thing. And it was just nothing. So I don't know. I uh, The phones are cool. I'm not going to get one because, I don't know, my, my Pixel 2 is sufficient, it seems. Um, but the thing that I, I embarrassingly
0: was the most excited for was the recorder app. Oh, it's amazing. The Vito ad, the ad for it is incredible. Yeah.
1: And it's so funny because just a few days before I had downloaded like a handful of different recorders on my phone because I was going to go do some recordings for, Mm -hmm. for some interviews, uh, in upcoming episodes and, uh, you know, trying to sift through these different these different apps to record on your phone. And it's like, what's this one? What's that one? Why is this free? Why does this one have ads? Like, it's just, you know, it's a hassle.
0: Why does this one need access to my contacts?
1: Right. All sorts of stuff. And, you know, exactly uh, the point that, um, that the woman doing the presentation noted was that you have all these recordings and the only thing you have is a title. And they're all called, you know, recording one, recording two, recording three. You don't know what they are, and you have this, you know, this sea of recordings to try to sift through to figure out the content that you want. But anyway, the new the new recorder app it does the uh, the transcription, and then you can search it, and that that is really awesome.
0: It's really neat. You can search. By music as well, right? So you can you can detect this, the type of recording, like this is speech or this is mm-hmm. songs or this is whatever. Yeah. And um, it has the scrubbing ability pretty much, like you can yeah. jump to a certain point. Um, it reminds me a bit of what Apple's done in yeah. iOS 13 now with lyrics in the music app where you start playing a song, for example, mm-hmm. on Apple TV or on your iPhone. And while you're looking at the lyrics, they automatically scroll. Oh, and you yeah. can, if you swipe or if you scroll yourself, if you take over the scrolling mm-hmm. and uh, you travel forward or backwards, as you tap on something, you will just jump. You will scrub the song to that yeah. point, and it's it's quite delightful. Like it's really neat if you're doing like a, a karaoke type thing. But yeah, Google cool. took it to the next level. It's really neat. Well,
1: it's such a simple thing too, right? Like that is not a. It's not a monumental app, you know. It's not like a VR. It's not. I don't know, it's not not crazy complex. They just took something very simple that we've had forever, right, doing recordings, whether it was like on a cassette tape or, you know, digital recording. And then they were like, hey, we have this live transcription service, this thing that we could just record, you know, transcribe. And it's on
0: device.
1: And it's on device, yeah. So that's really cool. I'm hoping, I, I haven't checked today. I don't know if the app is actually out yet. But I'm hoping it'll I be I thought they said
0: Pixel 4 only. I oh, thought. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> maybe oh, I'm man. wrong. Because it might I require
1: that awesome chip. Exactly. Well, to do the on-device. Mm. But I don't know. They
0: have magic, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe if you don't have a Pixel 4, they can fall back to uh, processing everything on your Pixel Buds. <laughs> um, buds, earbuds. Yeah. <laughs> that was so interesting. So... The Pixel buds are currently vaporware. So they the reviewers cannot I think it's all they don't vaporware. have they don't have any working units. So I, I saw yeah. the Verge Fox basically uh, Nilay Patel. He he was playing with the uh, shells of the things, but there was no sound it you know they could play. Yeah. But are you aware that the Pixel 4 does not have in the box headphones or an audio jack or an adapter, so you have to go and buy your own Bluetooth headphones, or use some USB-C it's, headphones or whatever. It's like just not even funny. an adapter. Like product what to product is is different. Well, like but, generation to generation of the
1: same product. Sometimes you get headphones. Sometimes you get an adapter.
0: Uh, it's I don't know. It's weird. When There's I no bought my first Pixel, I had two different charging cables in the mm-hmm. box. Right, I had a USB-C and a USB two um uh cable. So I'm like, how do we go from having all the cables you would possibly <laughs> need to right. here's a piece of glass. Here's all the good phones. luck. <laughs> we know oh, you, you have
1: 15 chargers already. You don't need any of those.
0: Yeah. And and they did the same thing with cloud storage, right? Like you we used to get like unlimited photo storage in the cloud. And now it's like here's three months. Take all the photos you need now. <laughs>
7: well unlimited
0: oh. at the high quality, which everybody gets that,
1: right? You can do high quality, which is actually not the best, right? There's original and high. And uh they usually shrink things down from the original quality. But yeah, all of the other pixels always had some sort of promotion where you would get um unlimited storage at the original quality for a certain time period. I think mine still goes until like January of twenty twenty one. I get um you know, unlimited original quality.
7: Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Marketing at these huge companies and the logistics. It's I'm sure it's it's easy from the
0: outside, but yeah, the don't internal, have to worry about it in New Zealand. Yeah. Google, Google will not be selling <laughs> that phone here. I know. I'm sorry. No, it's it's super interesting. um one of my friends, Josh, he's um, AthorNZ on, on Twitter. Uh, he, um, he pointed out the fact that Google doesn't sell any products that come with Google Assistant in New Zealand. Hmm. So I'm, I'm actually really surprised by that. So we used to have Google Wi-Fi, but we're not going to have any more because now Nest Wi-Fi has uh, a system built in. Yeah. So it, it seems like such, a, such an odd little arrangement.
1: Do you think it's like some regulatory or
0: laws or something? Or, Privacy or maybe lives. they're concerned about the accent. I don't know. Um, yeah. I have no idea. Um, I will ask them. I will ask them. I'll be, I'll yeah, be visiting Google in I think November, in Sydney. So uh, I'll ask the question. See, see if anyone knows the answer. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I mean, as you remember from I/O, they uh, are very compartmentalized. Yeah, of course. Apple does the same thing with HomePod. So HomePod is not officially available in New Zealand, mm-hmm. but like I bought mine from uh, from Australia, and they work fine, absolutely fine. There's yeah. no, there's nothing they don't do that they do in Australia. Like I can even play like local New Zealand radio station terrestrial if that's what I want, which is really yeah via tuning and I have yeah. radio or whatever. Yeah. So if you know if I yell my yell at my HomePod to play a certain radio station, it just Plays it and says, oh, yeah. playing, you know, Radio New Zealand National using TuneIn.
1: Well, yeah, because that's, it's, it's handing over to TuneIn right away.
0: Yeah, but, so but there it wouldn't works, be a restriction. Right? So there's no geo, there's no geo yeah. restriction. Yeah, so the um, Google event, there was um, something that really caught my eye. The um, Chromebook finally seems to be more affordable in price. Well, so I think that was the
1: first product and the announcement, I think, that oh, maybe it was the buds, but either way, it was like, we were, we were like partway into the announcement event and we didn't realize it. Did you notice that the format of the event was very strange? It was a very new format. Like it was the storytelling format and interviews with people and talking about process and how things are created. And when we were creating this new pixel book and then, you know, and on and on. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute, wait, that's the new product. And you didn't even realize, because it wasn't this big grand reveal and it wasn't this rundown of the specs. It was very much like, here are the people who are using this and how they're using it. and I couldn't tell who the event was designed for.
0: Was it for a... Regular home, you know, person watching this on YouTube? Was it for journalists? Was it for uh, tech enthusiasts? It was hard to tell to me. So I think it's always for journalists. I mean, you watch the
1: YouTube live stream, there's like 170,000 people watching. Pretty much every single person in the audience, like the physical audience, is a journalist, right? The event is at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. So everybody who is, you know, not in the tech world, like they're doing their normal job and <laughs> they're, they're working, you know, you and I, or, or a lot of, uh, you know, Google enthusiasts, you know, take time out of their day to watch it. But, um, but, you know, regular consumers like my family, you know, they're, they don't know about it till they see it on TV or until I talk about it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's very much geared towards, journalists and also you know then it's some of that same footage that they can use in you know later marketing you know whether it's commercials on tv or ads online um a lot of that footage uh, is like the same so interesting format very interesting format
0: it was an interesting event but um yeah i don't know i uh i i got irked by a comment that um around the uh, ultra wide camera on the pixel four where they're like, nah, we can can do do. more fun stuff with the tele, tele lens rather than, I really now? I, I, uh, speaking of announcements and phones, I changed my iPhone. I now have an iPhone 11 pro. Yeah. And, and let me tell you that ultra wide camera is getting a lot of use, like Hmm. a lot. Like, my daughter had a ballet exam on Wednesday, and uh, the teacher and all the girls taking part were like sitting on the floor and they were just practicing their, I don't know, stretching and toes and whatever. And I took a picture from above, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely incredible. Like, I'm literally just like, you know, a meter and a half above them, but I'm capturing a group of like nine people doing this incredible, like, flower using their legs. It's just gorgeous, it's stunning. And like, you know, I thought I would only use it for landscapes and stuff, but no, mm-hmm. I'm using it for a lot of scenarios. And uh, I, I don't know, like I, I, I can't understand. They have this massive blob that's a huge square on the back of the phone. Surely they could have put another. I'm, I'm sure they considered it, but did they not put it in because of cost? Because of well, I'm not sure. Like it's, you know, it's, remember that um
1: that engineers and developers drive products at Google, right? It's like a a not a bottom, but like an inside out thing. You know, engineers create products and drive them and then and then managers get on board and manage products later. So I wonder if there's a group of people who are so heavily into this computational photography that they that they wanted to to go down a route where they were like, let's figure out what we can do with telephoto because everybody takes a telephoto picture and it looks like crap, right? Because there's no physical Zoom. It's digital Zoom. And I wonder if there's like a little bit of engineering that's driving some of the, the physical product that comes out of it. You know, they had that great presentation, that guy that uh it was either uh what was the guy he was like a, a mathematician or something or he was a i don't remember what he was but he he gave a really good presentation on like why this this stuff is really hard and how the optics actually work right and how the math actually works and he's like you know remember it's you know there is like actual um like like rules that are you know happening here and you can't get around them and and that I don't know, that gave me the idea that maybe there's a little bit of the, the engineering team or the computational photography team that's like driving some of these decisions.
0: But this is the part that doesn't stack up for me. So uh, there are phones that have five times optical zoom already. Mm-hmm. Uh, telephone, a digital zoom is the only one you can solve with computational photography. You cannot solve... Ultra wide camera or photos with computational photography. Really, you mm. cannot because you're not capturing the information right. in the it first place. Doesn't exist. <laughs> so you know that you can't. Yeah. You can. You can always just work like crazy and come up with an algorithm and do some CSI zoom enhance kind of thing for that. But <laughs> yes, you cannot. Yes. you yeah, <laughs> you're like on screen, uh, but you cannot do that for uh, for something you never you never captured in the first place. So anyway, I. Uh, and yeah, there's a bunch of things that doesn't, I don't know, like the battery seems small. It, it's for yeah. a screen with a 90 hertz refresh rate, like the battery for the regular cheap one is small. And another pet peeve I have is the maximum storage. How is it just 128 gigs? I'm okay with that. I buy the smallest storage. I don't keep anything at my phone. I mean, See? this is a this is a live let me see how much space I'm currently using on my iPhone. I don't I don't know. I have um uh, like what do I what do I keep on my phone? Okay. I I only I so I have a two fifty six gig iPhone and I only have one fifty available. Like what do you what's
1: on there? Like what do you keep?
0: Uh I record movies in four K at sixty frames per second. To give you an idea, so those yeah, are but they're pretty large. I have a library of 25,000 photos I have offline. Okay, see, account. that's
1: where I guess the photos and videos, like I record them and they take up space. And then like, you know, sometime later at that night or the next day, like, right, they back up and then they eventually just get pushed off the device. And, you know, Google Photos does that automatically for you. So you don't, you don't run out of storage. So does Apple Photos,
0: but I just choose to keep stuff offline hmm. because I like I fly lots and oh yeah. My time to my time to edit photos is when I'm up in the air, right? That's so true. I, um then I download shows offline or yeah. games. Well, so so yeah, have, yeah. So I have Apple Arcade for games. I know about that I, recently. Yeah. <laughs> offline. <laughs> the, the <video. laughs> so I have a lot a lot of stuff or you know, I have around twenty gigs of podcasts. Wow. You know, so I yeah, so I save an entire series of, say, Serial or yeah. whatever, and then I just binge listen to the okay. whole thing. All right, well, well. Or I have TED stuff. Or, yeah. And and sure, it's not always the same type of content that using up the space, but there's always something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that feeling of being relaxed, not having to worry. Like, yeah, I can have all the stuff I need on my iPhone.
1: About having to have internet? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's true.
0: And, and you know, like I travel... I go roaming or I go to Europe or come to mm-hmm. the United States or whatever. I don't have to think, oh, I really wanted to show this photo of my dog to somebody I met, but I yeah, can't man. really download it because, you yeah. know, I'm in roaming and it's uh, <laughs> a 15 meg photo. They will cost me $500 like, to download.
1: Right. Do I want to download this? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I I, I, I mean, mean,
0: first of all, problems. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, Right. I know. I know. Totally. Well, anyway, we don't want to get too long. The one thing I wished... That they were going to announce was a watch, a Pixel watch of some sort. I've been dying for a new smartwatch, and uh, I think really, I don't know, really the only like watch that's worth any of the hundreds of dollars that you spend on one is an Apple watch, and mm. you know that just won't work on an Android system. Yeah. I think they could sell a ton of them if they if they built you know an Android app and opened up the
0: Apple watch. I'd buy one. I'd buy an Apple Watch. If you're, I mean, for people who are in the Android ecosystem, I think the uh, recent or the current generation of Samsung uh, wearable watches, devices, are they're they're really good. They're okay. The thing is, is that they're not, I don't know, all of them,
1: the base Wear OS is just
0: not great. But but get the Tizen one from Samsung and have a go. Have a play. I know know it's...
1: You're on Tizen then. And I don't know how to make apps for Tizen. Like, (laughs) I
0: I don't know. It's that, you know, it's not an Android watch, I guess. It's a Samsung watch. I'm not going to argue. My Apple watch is amazing. Like today I went for a run at lunchtime and it played my podcast. I'm listening to a BBC series right now Mm -hmm. uh, about a crime in a hotel in China. It's really fascinating. Um, And I listened to three episodes while i ran then on my way back i stopped and i bought my lunch with it right and then i uh, i used my loyalty card for my <laughs> yeah, the place where yeah. i bought which was all running on my watch and then i tracked my run with gps and everything yeah. and as i was waiting for stuff at the traffic lights i was checking my messages right because cool. i was on a wi-fi network that you know my watch is aware of i don't have cellular watch and i'm like oh my god this is insanity like this is all off my wrist with no other device on me. I did so much stuff. And it's really again, cool. I'm, not, I'm not trying to sell Apple Watches here, but I, I think it's one of the most used yeah. devices in my, in my life. Like I, I engage with it all the time. Yeah. I sleep with it. I, I mean, it tracks my sleep. There's this guy at work.
1: Uh, his name is Leo. And uh, he was showing us this app, this app that he made uh, for his Apple Watch, where it's, all it is is heart rate. But Mm -hmm. it publishes his heart rate live to a website, and he uses it when he gives presentations so that people can see as he's giving speeches and presentations, they can see his heart rate go up and down, right, with, I'm sure, anxiety and nervousness and whatever. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And I wanted to, like, do something similar. But my watch... Like I, I take it off the cradle and it dies <laughs> with my, my watch, you know, it's so bad, but we'll, we'll put a link if, uh, if Leo is cool with it, we'll put a link in our,
0: our show notes. Ask him. Well, Taylor, the, uh, she was our second person talking about, um, how to introduce kids to news and current affairs actually sent a posted a tweet, um, Soon after her talk in Melbourne, she was one of the speakers at DevWorld as well, and uh, she had an elevated heart rate notification yeah. during her talk. So, <laughs> so it's cool. It's really cool. I, I can't remember. I think her heart rate went to like 120 or something yeah. like that. Um, so it was fascinating. I saw it on Twitter and I I I laughed. Um, yeah. Oh, and
1: it's another example of like such a like a, a simple thing. You know, sometimes we get so complex, right? With all these tools and technology and, and different services that we create, it gets so complex, but like, you know, something as simple as, you know, I'm giving a presentation, here's my heart rate, you know, cause that might be interesting to somebody who wants to give presentations, but they're very nervous about it. And you can be like, yeah, look, you know, this guy, he's really nervous too. And you can see it, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of, you know, reminds me of that Google recorder, right? Such a simple thing that is, is actually very useful.
0: Well, here's a, here's a suggestion for Leo, uh, a freebie, if you like, mm-hmm. uh, turn his product into a lie detector and give kids, <laughs> give kids Apple watches and then ask them about how school went and monitor their heart rate in real time to know if they're lying to you or not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So did you also, um, uh, the Microsoft service event a few weeks ago. I might get a Surface phone. I can't believe it. But I might hold out until a year from now. Is that the
0: duo the, or what's it? Well, called? I don't know. Either duo, Neo. Neo. I think that's yeah. the small
1: one, which is yeah, actually Neo. Android. Yeah. It looks really yeah, cool. Because Neo
0: means one, right? Like Neo means one. It's kind I of like Neo in was Matrix. From the Matrix. Yeah, but that's <laughs> where it comes from Neo. It means like the first or one. And then duo is the second. And yeah. so the next. <laughs> That's a I think I've heard this joke somewhere else. I think the next Microsoft device is going to be Trio. <laughs> They're
7: pretty cool though,
1: you know. And that guy, uh that was the first time I had seen that um that that guy or that person give um, the presentation and he was really good. He was really good at like it didn't sound like a script. It may have been or he it may have just been bullet points and he was really good at
0: ad-, 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 ad- but uh, did you watch that event? I I watched the like a, uh I don't know like a twenty minute summary yeah. thing. I, that guy, I I liked him.
1: I was like, whoa! All of a sudden, Microsoft after all these years, I'm like, you finally turn up the marketing engine, and uh, you know,
0: it would be interesting to see what happens with all the uh, dual screen devices. Yes, yeah. well, I think that's like, why they're waiting, right? Yeah, I like, don't know. It's mostly I,
1: mean, I think it's mostly ready, but there are. Very few apps that support it because that dual screen capability, at least on the Android side, that came out with Android 10, which was released, what, about a month ago now? Android 10 came out. Mm -hmm. And that's that, you know, uh, support for multiple monitors, multiple screens. And there just are like not very many devices at all uh, out now. uh, And there are even fewer apps that support it. So, um, you know, so they're doing a delay and I think part of it is so that the ecosystem can be ready. Otherwise, you know, if they launch that thing now and then, right, you download apps and they look like crap and it's a really bad experience, people are going to blame Microsoft and the phone and not the apps because I don't know, people don't think about. I
0: mean, how many of the system built-in apps make the most of the dual screen, do you think? Like, how many of the, you know, like Google Calendar or Gmail app or whatever? Like, because I, Microsoft was demoing Outlook on on two sites or whatever. Like, okay, one app. Because that's the, that's, that's kind of like what killed the Android tablets. There were no good apps making the most of the large canvas. Right. So, what's changed to give me confidence that, oh, tablets didn't work, large canvas was hard, but that's All why i two think screens. Waiting, right there's You're the
1: um the what is it the galaxy fold right the samsung fold yeah. wow which is two <laughs> screens that? i know Has but... been...
0: how many times have they recalled that now <laughs> couple right. well, that's <laughs> even
1: harder though because it's one continuous screen which i think is we're just not there yet the technology for a continuous you know uh surface a continuous screen uh, i i don't think it's there yet so right microsoft doing the two screens having the split in the middle like where the the bezel and the hinge and everything is that I think that's a smart route on this generation because it's not going to wear out as fast you know I think the fold I mean I might be pulling out of nowhere but like I think there's only like 10,000 folds and like over the course of two three years like you turn your phone on and off 10,000 times it's not that many anyway I mean I used to be a big Microsoft guy I don't know if, if our listeners know that uh, you, you,
0: you spoke about Azure in the past, I think.
1: Yeah, so I was a little excited for Surface.
0: I like their uh laptops and stuff. So I mean I prefer I prefer the look of the Surface 10 to um many of the other laptops out there.
1: mm Not very MacBook esque. Yeah,
0: but you know, like I think Microsoft deserves a lot of credit for what they're doing with hardware. Like if you even if oh, you yeah. look at their iMac counterpart thing, it's super studio i think yeah it's it's super ingenious the way you can yeah lower itself and you can doodle on it and the accessories and the Mm -hmm. twisty knobby thing whatever that thing is i'm not sure what it's called it has a name i'm sorry sorry. it's like a knob yeah it's it's clever so they deserve a lot of kudos for their um you know innovation lab or whatever Mm it is yeah too bad i i just I lost trust in their operating system a while ago and I don't think, I don't think I'm prepared. Maybe I'm too old now to, to give it another go. Like I don't, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't want to move my digital life anywhere else. Which, do you remember which OS it was? I mean, the last Microsoft OS I liked, and I, I mean it, I really liked, was uh, 2000. So Windows mm-hmm. 2000, I really liked. And then it was kind of like all downhill from there for me. Like I think my first interaction with Vista was when I, when I moved to Linux. I was like, that's it. Do you remember Vista? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Still, oh, my God. For,
1: for Vista me, that was, was... Not, not awesome. I mean, yeah, it was not awesome. And then 7 was way better, right? 8 was okay. You can kind of feel like the stepping stones that they did. And then I feel like 10, because they're on 10 now. And uh, I haven't used it heavily in the past year and a half, but um, but it was wildly different than Vista. You know, it was way, way more stable.
0: The whole Metro UI stuff? Oh, right. The, the UI package. Yeah, it, it
1: felt a lot more modern, but it was also more stable. And was just mm-hmm. more full featured I guess, not you know problems with you know can't find this driver, and you know they got rid of those annoying things that used to happen a long time ago but but I don't know, you know like you said, I was heavy into the the Azure ecosystem, so having all of that um that integration in Windows and my development tools, you know once you start drinking the Kool-Aid in any ecosystem, things just get easier. And, uh,
0: you know, they they really work together. So there's an aspect of that. I'll be honest with you. If I bought, if I only bought a Mac now today, I don't think I'd buy into it as much as I did when I first bought my my first Mac. Because it's not as stable and magical as it used to be. Like, I see issues like at every corner. You know, um, and it's a bit, I mean, I understand because it's bigger, there's a lot more that's going on, and their market share is much larger, the expectations are much bigger, and you know, they're a money making machine. So it's, but I remember when I first started using a Mac, like everything just worked the way I needed to work. You know, it was so intuitive and so natural. Sure, something integrated, yeah. All the iLife, remember iLife, yeah, of course. Yeah, all those but, things were like very, very integrated nicely and worked really. It wasn't good. the fastest machine, but it was the least painful machine. Right. You yeah, know? and yeah, I don't know.
1: Oh well. It's funny to see different industries or different uh different companies like they leapfrog, you know, each other and they all kinda end up doing the same thing. Somebody just yesterday at work was uh we were talking a little bit about that and and I was like, Oh, I feel like we've kind of peaked and you know, now now what? And he was talking about the Linux revolution and
7: <laughs> I don't know if you know but
1: next year is the year of the Linux, I'm sure. Well, yeah. this year or next year. And you know, now yeah. is the the year of Linux and it's great, right? You can just switch switch what uh what desktop windowing system you want to use and
0: um <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh I, I mean I I really enjoyed my years of Linux. Yeah. Uh, what do you I use? Remember I, I used to use Red Hat and I moved to SUSE and then I, I, I used Ubuntu, then I settled on Gentoo, and Gentoo was my final and most favorite distribution. Yeah. So I stayed on Gentoo for a long time. And then <laughs> I for moved home, to Mac from Gentoo. Uh both work and home. Wow. Yeah, because I was when I was using Gentoo, I was building uh, enterprise Java Beans applications. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. You know the that feeling when you write five interfaces with a single implementation? Yeah. <laughs> cool. It's not even it's not even a lot <laughs> <laughs> It's not even a lot of boilerplate. It was just like, you know, like everyone needs a couple of local and remote interfaces and oh the pain. In the configuration XML files and the, uh, the web servers. Setting up a web server? Oh my God, that was, that was fun. I do have to say that is where, you know, I'm not,
1: I don't know. I'm not getting money from Microsoft, <laughs> but holy cow, they make it easy <laughs> to oh, do sure. server stuff. Like good or bad, right? A lot of people think it's bad because you don't know what's going on. But at the end of the day... Like sometimes you just got to get work done, right? And move on. And it's not about knowing how every single cog works. And for that, sometimes you're like, hey, I want a new web server. You're like, new, (laughs) next, 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 and you're done and you move on,
0: right? You go home. I think the first time I felt true jealousy towards a, a .NET developer or a Microsoft developer, whatever the official term was, when was when i first saw what are they called attributes or annotations or whatever they were yeah it's like oh web method and like what <laughs> is that it <laughs> it's
7: yeah.
1: Like... yeah i mean it's like an annotation right the attributes on top yeah, yeah. It's, it's like this right? is just so unfair <laughs> yeah you just to... type the route right like you just type what the endpoint is you're like oh i want this thing to be at slash users boom <laughs>
0: So I'm pretty sure we have anyway. no one left listening to this episode. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, we um, know when to, when to stop, don't we? Yeah. This is probably our cue talking about enterprise Java beans. and <laughs> <laughs> Routing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Endpoint routing. Yeah. Like we might, we might uh, poke some uh, C natural developer. They will just come after us and say, <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, we are going a bit long yeah. and uh, I'm sure your your entire family is about to wake up. About to, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'll give you a chance to go and read your newspaper. Um, <laughs> okay. So before we close, I, I really want to thank James, Taylor, Michael, Sam, Sam and Sebastian for taking the time to to talk to us about their thoughts and um, uh, please check out our show notes on keepintouch.fm slash nine and follow these wonderful amazing people on twitter um and um follow us at keep in touch fm yeah and follow todd on todd the land twitter at ted land and uh, nick is at nick tmro that's right so until next time
1: keep in touch